Hello, everybody. Tracy, Mrs. J-Dog Flanagan with you here today. I'm the co-founder and senior vice president at J-Dog Brands. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Tactical Treasures. Our podcast gives veterans, mill spouses, active military service members, and military families a voice in the veteran space to speak about their service, how they are affecting their communities post-service, and a tactical treasure from their past that has shaped their journey in their military career, business, or life. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Megan Ogilvie. Megan Ogilvie comes from a very strong military family, with both her father and sister having graduated from the Naval Academy and serving in the United States Marine Corps. For several years, Megan was a professional soccer player and worked in finance at various companies in New York. Then in 2015, Megan assumed the role of CEO of Dog Tag Inc., a 50. 1C3 that empowers service-disabled veterans, military spouses, and caregivers through an innovative five-month fellowship program. In this role, Megan works hard to help equip transitioning veterans and military families with the knowledge, skills, and competence to pursue their career goals post-service. And in 2017, Megan was named Presidential Leadership Scholar, and she is also a recipient of the U.S. Army's Outstanding Civilian Service Award. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Megan, for appearing on the podcast. So great to have you with us today. Oh, Tracy, it's fantastic to be here. Uh, I feel exceptionally honored to be part of it. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm inspired by what what you and um, so your husband ha have created. Uh, and uh, I, I follow you guys constantly and uh, listen to you as much as possible. So it's uh, it's uh, it's wonderful to be here today. That's that's great. Thank you for that. We love we we do. We love what we do every day. It's really been awesome. And and I, I've kind of been following you a little bit. I think I remember seeing you. Were you on Fox and Friends? Um, a couple I, of years. We ago? have been. Yeah, we've had some really uh, generous opportunities. We had a New Year's Eve spot, and then we had also. Um, we were really fortunate to have. Um, um, uh, yeah, a, a clip on the Fox News uh, channel a few times. So yeah, I um, remember just to share that mission and, and what we've been able to do. Yeah, I remember that New Year's Eve spot. Um, and that's it crazy. Yeah, it was neat though. I loved it. Um, so you come from a very strong military family. Um, could you just talk to me a little bit about that experience growing up surrounded by the military community? What was that like? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. I don't. I think I really understood or actually, you know, understood how my life has been shaped by the military and the core values, mm -hmm. obviously, uh, the Marine Corps very specifically, but that idea of service above self was just always so evident in my family. Um, so the youngest of four, um, you know, I, my dad served for 26 years in the Marine Corps, oh, my wow. sister served for six, and I always add that my mom served for all of that, you know, 14 years and 26 mm -hmm. years, wow. you know, four kids, mm -hmm. two dogs. Uh, she was the CEO of our family. You know, mm -hmm. she ran a tight ship and, you know, she served our country with, you know, but she's not the one that, you know, volunteered to do it in a lot of ways. And so um, being the youngest, I got to see some of that impact in different ways in my mom's career or just obviously in a, in her proud service to the country by, by you know, supporting my father. So, yeah. you know, when I was younger, whenever we leave the house, my mom would always remind us, remember who you are. And it was a really core sense of you're part of something bigger than yourself, right? You represent your father and I, your brother, sister, you know, when you leave this house, you represent more than yourself. And on the other side of that, you know, we got you, right? And you are part of something bigger. So you have a family here that's going to support you. So you never guess that. 
And um, it was very much part of our identity as, as all, all four kids. We all, you know, remember who you are. It was kind of really if you're going to soccer practice or if you're going to school, if you're going to a party, it was all the same. And so, you know, my first my first stuffed animal was the, was the bulldog from the Marine Corps. <laughs> you know, I joke that we had landmines as a clock, you know, with swords <laughs> in the wall. It's all pretty standard, right? Oh, our gosh. license plate literally said, hurrah. Um, you know, the Marine Corps grunt. So we didn't try to hide it very well. Right. Um, but we're exceptionally proud of that. And I think, um, you know, at a young age, around 18 or so, and I was looking at schools, I was fortunate to play soccer. And I got a letter from the Naval Academy of Interest. My dad's a Hall of Fame lacrosse goalie there. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister played basketball there. Oh, wow. And again, this kind of shows my my parents and, and um, their own values. And I told my dad, it's just not my calling. You know, I love I love the Annapolis. I love that. I love the culture, but it's not, it's not for me. And my dad mm-hmm. just, you know, looked at me, smiled and said, don't worry, you're going to find your way to serve. I know that. Yeah. And so I think my parents really prepared myself as well as my other three siblings to um, have really strong core values. And when you think about making decisions big and small, that's, you go, you always go back to that. And I think that helped ground all of us in slowly finding our own purpose and in, in journey in life. And and kind of what I'm doing today and what my siblings are doing today, it's, it was always based on really kind of the ethos and the values of what the military taught us and, and, and our parents. Sure. And, you know, what, what you say is true. Like you say, your mom served, but you know what? All of you served, you know, um, your mom's motto, you know, remember who you are. I mean, that's that. I mean, when you think about it, um, Sure, there's a responsibility on your mom, but there's a responsibility on you kids too to, you know, um, be ambassadors for your dad's and, and your mom's service. Your mom is a mill spouse, you know? So all that is so important. And having that upbringing, yeah, you definitely, those core values were ingrained in you, I am totally sure. Um, which really leads us into what you're doing today, which is um, being the CEO of Dog Tag Inc. So um, how did you become involved with Dog Tag Inc? And, and tell me a little bit about what, what you're doing there, because you're doing great stuff. Uh, thank you. And thank you again for the opportunity to share the mission with you today and, and, and with your listeners. Um, so I was, you know, kind of Still trying to find my journey. I was fortunate I got to play soccer in Iceland for first season after playing college, which was the women's league had crashed here. And so I was trying to find my path and ended up moving to New York after that and trying to find my, my way and started as a receptionist at Lehman and then kind of worked my way into an equities job, an analyst, which I was a sociology major. I didn't even know what an equity was. <laughs> and uh, again, it was kind of more by, based on like the hard work and I'd, the excitement of what could be was always you know, what pushed me versus the fear of failure. And I think, again, because I knew who I was, I knew I had the support to kind of first do that. And so after six years in New York, I was struggling to really find my purpose. I was struggling to understand how how I was finding my way to serve. And it wasn't until my best friend from college said, listen, I know you love New York, but there's this, you know, a Jesuit priest born missing a straight forearm. He has an idea to start this nonprofit bakery, and I think you should meet him. So I actually met him at her wedding. I was a bridesmaid. He was uh, the officiant. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was Father Richard Curry. And when I first met him at the, at the um, like rehearsal dinner. He pulled out a picture of the Vietnam Memorial Museum um, uh, chandelier in Chicago. And it had, uh, you know, dog tags representing all those that were killed, missing in, in, missing in action from Vietnam. And he pulled it out, you know, sold it up. And you can tell he'd had it for a while. And he's like, this is going to be in our bakery. It's like, great, where's the bakery? And he's like, oh, I have no idea. 
right? <laughs> like, oh, what's the program? I don't know. We figured it out. Oh. So after six years, I just, uh, you know, that that just spoke to me pretty pretty directly. And so I, I left New York and moved uh, to D.C. in 2012 as Dog Tag's first employee. Uh, I think my first title was I just was general manager because I just generally managed things (laughs) and then kind of slowly moved up. Um, But um, where we are today is that we run a five month fellowship program for veterans that have service connected disabilities, military spouses, and military caregivers Um, over the course of five months. um, If the goal is to empower um, each fellow to redefine purpose um, and rebuild community. So we have five core elements of uh, academics. Uh, experiential learning, network building, business planning, and the wraparound service, but the most important is wellness. So over the course of five months, you'll earn and graduate with a certificate in business acumen from Loyola or business administration from Georgetown. You use our beautiful bakery right in the heart of Georgetown as it's experiential learning and understanding how to run a small business. We bring our partners in, both nonprofit, for-profit, corporate, uh, entrepreneurs, small business as our learning labs. And that's how you build the network back up and get the personal professional development opportunities. You do execute an idea, whether it's something you want to do or not. It's ability of taking all the tools you've learned through the academics and experiential learning and networking and putting an idea down and uh, and pitching that. That's right before graduation. And then every week you practice, you know, journaling, yoga, mindfulness, uh, poetry, but a whole course we actually taught, it, we currently teach, is called Finding Your Voice. It's a theater class. Every other week, our fellows go through about three hours of theater coursework to understand their story and the different elements of of what and how they want to tell it so no one else tells it for them. So um, wow. we're really proud. We were able to launch in 2014 um, our pilot. And just uh, in January of this year, we were actually able to launch our pilot in Chicago. So we're currently running in uh, D.C. and Chicago, We've served over 200 uh, of our alumni uh, currently we have, and uh, we're launching back up in about, oh, about three weeks in January with our next uh, cohort 17 and cohort three. So wow. we're been an honor and privilege. Um, I did not foresee helping start this nonprofit that I would actually find my own purpose in it. And I am uh, wow. grateful and, and humbled by it every day. So wow. it's, been, it's been a journey for sure. That's amazing. I think, um, I think that's a that's a quest of every, if I can say, human being here on earth is what are we here for? What is our purpose? What is our mission? And I think no matter who you are, whether you're in corporate America or not, or in or in the military, whatever you get out, it's I think you always have to have that in front of you because I think that's what gets you up during the day and, and gets you up every morning uh, to, to live life is if you have a mission and you have a purpose and you know what your why is. Right. Um, and it's such a big question too. Right. And so that's like it the hard is. part is, you know, um, allowing yourself time to, to go through that process. Right. You know, right. when we talk about transition, we don't look at, you know, as years, right. Transition is a process. Sure. It's kind of mind, body, and spirit. And so yeah. our whole program mm-hmm. is is really like it, this isn't just about any opportunity. It's like a quality opportunity. It's not just any education. It's, a, it's the best sure. education or the yeah. best business, right? Yeah. And so to that point for five months, you know, allow yourself to ask these kind of, you know, scary questions in some ways. You have to be very vulnerable with some courage involved, right? right? To be right. able to ask yourself this. And we want to provide that safe space. Mm-hmm. And our goal isn't to say, you know, we're, we're jumping off. You know, we're we're kind of a springboard. You know, what we're seeing now is alumni come back two or three years later saying, you know, it took 
you know, dog tag was a catalyst for change and I've been able to do X, Y, and Z. Right. That's their journey. We're, we're humbly part of that journey. Yeah. We aren't the answer to everything, right? But we are, we want to provide that five months so you can start, you know, figuring that out for yourself and for your family. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, when you look at, 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 you know, our military veterans and our, our male spouses, I think they struggle the most because when they're in the military or they're part of the military community serving, they have a purpose, they have a mission. And all of a sudden, either they get out or they retire or whatever. And that, you know, that mission changes. And then it's almost like, okay, now I have to redefine myself. What is going to be my why? You know, what what is my next community or my next tribe look like? Um, and that, that, you know, can can take time and it takes you know, programs like yours that help with that. Hello, listeners. We really want to thank you for tuning in and enjoying all the episodes of Tactical Treasures. We're talking to amazing veterans and mill spouses in the veteran space, and it's just been an amazing experience. And thank you so much for tuning in. But hey, if you want to check out J-Dog, look us up on jdog.com. And if you go to jdog.com, you'll find out everything about jdog. You'll be able to book a service, either junk removal and hauling or our carpet cleaning and floor care service. You can even look into our franchise or you can even look at employment. Our jdog franchise owners are hiring all across the country and they love to hire their fellow veterans and service members. And if you want to know more about our J-Dog Foundation, we're doing amazing things, supporting irreverent warriors and stop soldier suicide, preventing PTSD and combating veteran suicide. So check us out, jdog.com. Thank you. So one of my questions is, so how how is this program funded? It's a, it's a five-month program, you say? It is. Yeah, so we um, don't accept the GI Bill because uh, so we see about forty percent of our alumni actually do post secondary school, mm-hmm. um, and so we want to make sure when you're using that GI Bill, you're using it with intentionality, not that, but you know it can be more towards your purpose than just making sure you use it. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. so we also provide a small stipend uh, per month to be in the program, so it's financially viable. Okay. Recognizing five months is not an insignificant amount of time. Um, but we also recognize it's not a job, right? It's, you have to want to be in this program. And so, um, and so we pay for textbooks, technology, laptops, all that good stuff to ensure it, um, each fellow can, you know, equitably be part of our program. Um, and, um, so it does have its, you know, there's a cost to it, obviously on dog tag. So we fundraise pretty significantly for that. We have Mm -hmm. made some really phenomenal partners that, um, have believed in our journey and believed on the, the kind of long-term, what we hope to, you know, continue to show, and we we've partnered with the Rand Corporation to help us with this longitudinal study as kind of the long term impacts of building a you know the sustainability of after going through our program and the network and the tools and the resources that you gain and you take with, um, hopefully can continue and does continue to impact your ability to to be successful and however you define that. So um, we fundraise um, pretty significantly in support of each fellow's ability to be in the program and the costs that are included, like I've mentioned before. Um, we do have a beautiful bakery, and so you can also come in and support us through um, delicious products. We're nut, we're nut free certified, um, and we make everything in house. So from you know from our lemonade, uh, which is freshly squeezed, but our delicious brownies and blondies and cakes and pies. Uh, we have a lot of butter and sugar. 
lot of love, but a lot of money, you know. Someone came in and asked if we had anything sugar free, and we we're like, not on purpose. Um, you know, the salad place is next door. Right. <laughs> like, we're kind of, uh, but our beautiful bakery does this. We also help support the program. So any of the obviously the, the revenue that we we're able to bring in, we reinvest back into the program. So. Um, that's another way that people, you know, in a very simple way of getting your coffee in the morning or, you know, you know, ordering a basket of, you know, to some colleagues or family or friends, you can come through dog tag and support our mission. So, you know, we want to build a sustainable model that can go on, you know, way past uh, myself and any of us that are here that can have that consistency to serve. Sure. Sure. Wow. That's great. That's great. Um, great stuff. So how, how can people, so support you, can they, um, I know they can walk into the bakery and, and buy all this great stuff, but um, can is there a way to donate or? Absolutely. So um, one on our, you know, on our website, um, there's a donate spot, um, you know, uh, www.dogtaginc.org. Um, and so if you check us out there, there's all the different pages that you can see the fellowship. You can read stories of our alumni. Um, you can see our impact page for some of the different results with RAND or how many we've served in the demographics. Um, but on our donate page, you know, we, we're really fortunate. We have some great monthly donors. You can give monthly or you can give as a one-off. Um, and so that's, you know, again, a great way um, to be able to be part of what we do every day is, is in supporting it. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's one of the most humbling things to know that people work, you know, their, their long days and long hours and then donate that money towards, uh, you know, our cause. And, you know, it's humbling every day. I, every day it's humbling to to be part of that. So um we're grateful, like I said, and if, if you want to buy baked goods, again, you've got our website, we have a catering, we've online, um, you can ship it to your family and friends. Um, so that's also a great opportunity, but, oh, wow. um, but we are funded um, majority through fundraising right now. So um, okay. every dollar counts and we're grateful for every cent that you're generously giving to us. Oh, that's great. That's great. Giving to our fellows and support really. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, listeners and viewers. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Tactical Treasures, where we are speaking with Megan Ogilvie, and she is a very strong military family member. Um, her father and sister graduated from the Naval Academy and served in the United States Marine Corps. Currently, she is the CEO at Dog Tag Inc., and that's a 501c3 that empowers service-disabled veterans, military spouses, and caregivers through an innovative five-month fellowship program. So it's very exciting. We've been hearing all about it. Disabled veterans, military spouses, and caregivers. If you would like to find out more about this exciting program, you can go to dogtaginc.org and you can click on the fellowship tab and you can read all about it. They do this twice a year, January and July. You can also donate if there's anybody out there that is interested in, in donating uh, to this program. Um, you can find information there and also their bakery. They have an online store catering and you can order, send gifts to friends and family. You can also email them at info at dogtaginc.org to get more information. So check it out if you're interested. So let's dive into your treasure what we'd like to share with us today well you know can I ask a question what when sure. you thought about this and I just I have to I have to ask first because I'm just so how did you think of this concept and and what was what was your treasure I guess that made it such and, and again I'm I'm excited to hear from you because I think this is such a beautiful concept of, of how you've kind of brought it to you know run the podcast and all the different guests that come on 
Well, the podcast really started last year, um, and it was an idea from Jerry and uh, the producer of our Operation Hidden Treasure show, uh, Jim Melio, is our producer, and he thought that this might be an interesting way to, if I were to run a podcast and speak to military veterans and mill spouses, um, it would be a great way that we could promote our show. Because in the beginning, you know, I introduce myself and I talk about our show and then we go into the show and we talk with male spouses or veterans. And then at the end, I tell everybody, don't forget to watch Operation Hidden Treasures uh, airing between this time and this time on Discovery Channel, you know. So so it kind of came about as a way to, you know, help support our, our television show. But what started out as something sort of like a part of a marketing thing has really turned into something way more than I ever thought. Um, it, it's turned into a platform to give our, you know, military families, male spouses and veterans to talk about their service and how they serve the country. Um, and, you know, some, some takeaways and to see what they're doing now, because, most of them are figuring out their why and they're doing amazing things, you know, in, in, uh, in their, in their world, uh, post-military. And, um, and I think, you know, I think Americans, civilians and veterans need to hear from those who wore, wore the country's cloth. And I, I think also what is a really nice thing too is, um, our veterans have a lot of advice for their fellow service members. And we talk about that, at, you know, at the end, I ask, you know, do you have a piece of advice? And they say some amazing things. And, you know, I don't know if this, if this podcast can get out there. Um, we're on all the big podcast platforms. And it's just a way for America to get to know our veterans and on those who have served our country and our military family members as well and our male spouses. And, and hopefully, I hope our veterans find it and and get motivated and and get inspiration because some of the treasures that are being shared are pretty amazing. So, um, so yeah, it's you have like a of, top five. Oh, a top five—that is so hard. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I have a top five. Um, a couple, a couple ones that I guess stand out to me are uh, the podcast that I did with uh, Cindy McNally. She is the president of um, Irreverent Warriors. She is a mill spouse, uh, but Army veteran herself, and her two children served in the Marine Corps. Her husband was in the Navy and committed suicide, and that's how she founded or how she came across Reverend Warriors. And um, her treasure is awesome. She was a, a blue star to gold star uh, mother liaison. So she presented the flag at, um, you know, the funerals of, you know, fallen children to the mothers. And I, I would say that that is one of there's several, but I would say that was one of the most emotional um, podcasts that I had. I was actually choked up uh, during the podcast. Um, so yeah. if you have a chance, go take a listen to that one. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, 
But, you know, all the veterans and all the male spouses that I've spoken to really have wonderful, incredible stories. And, um, and they're all different and, but they're all, they're all relevant and they're all exciting and touching and impactful. I would say, I don't, I, I can't, it's hard to place, you know, a couple favorites, but I would say that mm. one was probably the most emotional for, for me to, to interview her. She's a wonderful lady. Um, but uh, all our veterans that I've spoken to, they're doing such amazing stuff, you know, post-service and they're, they're utilizing their military training and their values and those, those core values that you talk about. And they're, you know, they're still serving their communities. They're still serving America, but in a different way. Yeah. It's really been awesome. Um, my treasure, oh, if I had to pick one, I would just say what I do every day. You know, um, yeah. my why, my purpose um, mm -hmm. is, is crystal clear. And, you know, I have, there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, um, I'm doing what, what God has put me on this earth to do. And, uh, and I live it every day and I'm passionate about it. So I guess that's mm -hmm. my treasure. I never had anybody ask me my treasure before. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I, um, I know you've had, I mean, um, again, Mar I know Marjorie Eastman very well. I know I'm mean, obviously oh. Petraeus. You've had some really, but also yes. you, the, you know, to create space for this, I think it's also just really special. And I think it just, yeah, I just think, um, it takes a very special person to be that thoughtful, right? Or, or, or curious as well. So I just yeah. uh, couldn't help it. Couldn't help but ask for years. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell me about your treasure. Your turn. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. So then I asked you, cause I'm like, oh, it's, you know, there's, there's just, I guess, um, in some ways I kind of talked a little bit about, um, you know, my family. And I think, I think one of those pivotal moments was just really when my dad, you know, did tell me that I would find my way to serve and whether I knew that consciously or subconsciously, I think that became, that became kind of my why is like, how am I going to do this? You know, I was a, I worked in an insurance billing company. I was a, a substitute teacher. I trained soccer. You know, I had, I've had a lot of different jobs. I think it's a healthy thing too, you know, especially mm -hmm. when you're young. I mean, just searching for that why. And um, what I'd say is um, so hard. I think it was in our first cohort. Um, it was our first cohort of running the program. And, you know, we had 10 fellows in the class. And, um, you know, I think you have to be careful. We all do. I, I And I said, I'll, I'll speak for myself, it's not to kind of have the savior model, right? I'm going to come save people, right? Because sometimes people right. aren't asking to be saved, right? And right. that's not, it's not, and then it's no longer about what you're doing. It's no longer about service. It's about you, right? And I think- right. Um, in our first cohort, it became, you know, um, the simplicity of of being like curious and humble, being humbled is, you know, for instance, we built our classroom and we serve specific veterans that have service connectabilities, military spouses and caregivers. And, you know, we built this classroom and our fellow came in and was like, these lights, they have to go right immediately. And you're like, really, these are really expensive lights. We just put these in. We built this new bakery. And he was like, it reminds me of a flash. Okay. So we put dimmers on all the lights and then we had tables in a very, like set up a very specific way and the classroom faced a very specific way and nobody was sitting in one area. And we realized because uh, what's the deal? All right. Everyone's in the perimeter. Why is everyone on the perimeter? Why is it? And they're like, Megan, you know, there's two doors there. No, right. no service member is going to sit there with their backs to a door. I know. And I think I'm this married is part to of, one. Right. 
Yeah. No and back I think to the this door. is the simplicity yeah. of recognizing that um, we have to listen to those in our program to know what the needs are instead of building something that we want, right? And the going through that process that we then use this classroom as a beautiful space for individuals to start talking not about their disability, but um, but how they could speak towards, hey, listen, I actually, um, you know, if you go into the workforce, right? What happens if your your desk is right near the water cooler, right? Do you want to, st- you know, share, hey, I trained for 20 years in the military, you know, to someone that doesn't, maybe it's never served, maybe a different, you know, religion, race, ethnicity, all of that. Do you want to have to like tell them your life story or how do we talk about it? Also, not as about something that you can't do anymore, but something that, you know, that can empower you to be successful. So we use this classroom as that space to say, listen, you know, or the workspace, how are you going to have this conversation? Like, well, you know what? I'd go up to my manager and I'd say, for me to be more successful, I'd really appreciate if I could move my desk to be around the corner. That way it allows me to focus, be, you know, be more consistent, you know, not have. And so we started, you know, hey, I might wear these glasses. They help mitigate some of the light. And that allows me to stay focused longer and uh, be able to be really productive, right? And first having to say, I wear these glasses because I'm a TBI and because the light affects, you know. And so the humility to be like, oh, change the light, put dimmers on, allow space for this. It, it really set the tone for how we built our program. And it's by listening. Every cohort, we take something away and we make a change to our fellowship. The program, how we run it, the timing of it. We actually ended up after cohort two, you know, they're like, listen, I we have family, we have lives. We need a week break and in between just to breathe. And so I think those moments of um, of just listening, right? And kind of being, a, I, I like to say that for me personally, and that hopefully our, our team, we're, I'm a student of our program. Right. I'm a student of our mission because we need to continue to, to listen, to know what the needs are of today, not 10 years ago. Right. Or not what you envision. Right. Only you have to listen to those that you're serving. Otherwise, it's about you. And um, listen, we're a nonprofit. Right. I mean, I've worked in I worked I worked on Wall Street. I know what that looks like. And this is in service to others. And so I think the most again, it's, it's such a simple moment in some ways. But we built this program and in our first cohort, our cohort one has a very special place in my heart because they really went through it with us. They really, you know, even though like with the best of intentions, you know, you you learn, right? You, you do things sure. wrong. And yeah. um, it also then gave me the, I guess, the the ability to recognize that um, I have so much empathy and compassion um, in so many ways because, you know, we're building something and we're learning and you just can't. You can't have an ego in this process. I have pride. I'm, I'm a very proud person, I'd say, but I don't have an ego, right? In as much as possible, because you know, it's not about being right. It's about doing doing well by others and making sure, you know, it's about making sure we 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 running a program that has impact, right? That is of service to others, and by listening, that's the only way we know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think again, it's allowed us to be a bit more nimble. It's allowed us to evolve over the past, you know, since 2014 and how we serve. And what I'll tell you is we're going to continue to do that, right? We're not going to, we're not going to have mission creep. We're not going to, you know, turn into a bike shop and then try to start serving everybody or so, you know, we're not going to change it by any means. But I think what we want to do is we want to stay relevant. And until the day we're no longer relevant, then then we, then we'll go away. You know what I mean? Like if there's no need to serve again. So I think, you can build something and you can fall in love with it. And it's until you start, you know, the, the customer, if you will, you know, you can have the most delicious product, but if no one buys it, right. right. <laughs> you know, this, yeah. right. You can build a, a wonderful business plan, but if, 
And so I think that's also what I take into the fellowship and try to like share with the fellows. It's like, listen, I get it. You know, we have a second floor bakery because on the kitchen in our ba- in our bakery. So we thought we were going to create dog biscuits. Chrissy, we've never baked a dog biscuit up there. You know why? Because it's a massive <laughs> branding issue. People think we're a dog bakery. Yeah. Right. And so I think the point is, is like it makes us more compassionate, empathetic for the program and, and, the, and the struggle and the vulnerability and all of that that you have to put forward. And that's we all need that. Sometimes we just need cheerleaders. Right. Sometimes we just need someone saying, like, you got this. But um, but you have to be willing to, to listen and be wrong and not be, you know, be OK with that. And just know, like, it's the Maya Angelou quote, you know, do the best you can until you can do better than do better. Right? right. And I think that's that moment in cohort one with the simplicity of just learning every day. Um, it is hopefully built up to be a more resilient program as well. And how we think about continuing to serve and, and building a program that can, again, last way beyond, you know, for the next 20, 20 years. Yeah. I, yeah, I know that, uh, that military civilian divide is, um, is always something that is, you know, it continues to be worked on and continues to evolve, I think. And it, you know, <clears throat> and I, I look at myself, you know, as a civilian, I come from a military family, although, um, you know, my, I didn't grow up with my father when he served, he was done serving. Um, he always in, instilled, you know, moral code and good work ethic and values into my life. But, you know, I wasn't I wasn't a military brat with the with a male spouse for a mom like you were. But, you know, I think it's up to us civilians. I think we have a responsibility to educate ourselves. You know, um, I mean, I know just for me, you know, I was married. I married Jerry after his service. So I'm a veteran spouse. But, you know, he has his little quirks and their little things. But I know it's I know it's important. Um and, you know, they matter. And so I've learned to, yeah. over the years, pay attention. But um, when we really got involved in, you know, this veteran space that we're in now, where we're actually um, working and meeting veterans every single day, and I, I felt ill-equipped. I thought, you know what, I really need to I really need to understand this. I want to. I, I want to be able to relate to our veterans, and so I did a lot of research, a lot of reading online, and I educated myself. But not every civilian does that. And how much better would our private sector, corporate America, do if they actually educated themselves and really understood, you know, these particular. Um, needs that our veterans have, you know, as far as, you know, having their back to the door or, or the light issue that you talk about or whatever, you know, because it's, we, we, they provide, you know, quote, special, you know, um, situations for any regularly disabled person, not realizing that, you know, you can hire a military veteran that can bring wonderful, incredible things to your company, but they have a disability that may not necessarily be seen. So right. how can how can they better educate themselves, you know, and be prepared for that? You know, it's, it's so true. And, I, you know, I think in in the mill spouse and caregiver space, it's, it's the comparable thing as well. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my colleagues um, who works with our team right now, and um, I think she'd be okay with me sharing, but just in case that so she works with dog tag and she's a military spouse and 
And we knew that, right? And he's active. Um, and so she's a current team member of ours. And during the interview, we said, you know, it was kind of like near the end. And she met, like I said, you know, we're also, it's um, basically came up that she was a military spouse. And she's like, yeah, it's not something I usually talk about, right? In interviews, because yeah. I don't, the discrimination of kind of like, oh, you'll only be here. Um, and the military caregivers, right? Like right. the very specific needs of, of also like recognizing like, um, the timing um, and the uh, the opportunity um, uh, of when they can kind of start moving forward with you know whether this service members more more dependent greater support whatever that looks like to that same point you know I think that was also that's also such a, a prominent the same you know message you had is um, there's a lot of great initiatives out there but without the education of understanding the culture or understanding right. the trials and tribulations. You know, it's 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 kind of um, it's the good cause, but not it 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 struggles with maybe sometimes being successful or sustainable because mm-hmm. you know um, there isn't an understanding. And I think I'm part of the 99, percent right? I'm just like you. I didn't serve, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, the simplicity of kind of saying, listen, it you know, to educate yourself, to make yourself, um, you know, understanding the the culture and the community is as simple as you know. Like as you would research anything, right? right or sure. find out you have a neighbor local, right? That's a service member or family, you know, offer to, you know, watch their kids so they can have a date night and just, you know, like just in a very simple or I'm like bring them a casserole, like, you know, the simple simplicity of just connecting to right. this military civilian mm-hmm. divide. I mean, that's why we have a bakery, right? Our, yeah. our co-founder said nobody goes to a bakery to be mad. And that's the truth. It's yeah. like, you know, b- breaking bread or having a coffee together sure. and the simplicity of that is we kind of have to like stop waiting for like a roadmap to how do we connect? It's just human to human. Right. Um, and, and that's so important. You know what I mean? It's, it's the, the human, we're all trying our best here, but you know, to be, to be an ally of any, of anyone, you need to make sure you also are taking on the responsibility to understand that. So I, right. I appreciate, I appreciate what you're saying and I, I support it, you know, wholeheartedly in, in, in that whole respect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Good takeaways. Um, so before you go, tell us how people can um, find the program and and what do they do if they if they say, hey, you know, I, I want to be a part of this fellowship program. How, how do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we do a lot of webinars. We do a lot of kind of like open houses, even through Zoom or we're doing more about, you know, in-person stuff um, in D.C. But the simplicity is you can go to our website and under fellowship, you can click um, to learn more. So a lot of the information is already on there, like I said, of kind of like the core aspect of the outlining of the five months and what the expectations are, um, as well as you can, again, you can see who's gone through our program. You probably, there's probably a lot of people you might even know there. Um, and so when you go online, you you apply um, and it's a kind of like an interest. So it's the simplicity of getting just like your phone number and your email for like follow-up. And then there's an online application. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, Applications about three questions, three kind of short answered questions, and then kind of just some yes, no, and demographic in- information. And then it's a, a process of uh, about three follow up interviews, a phone call with an alumni, um, a, a, a meeting with a program team member, and then a meeting with leadership. So um, the whole pro- process is really meant so you can go through and uh, meet kind of everybody, someone that's gone through the program, someone that run the program every day, and the leadership that helps drive it. And on the other side, Dog Tag gets to know. Um, each candidate at that same sure. level, um, mm-hmm. right? And so it's really important. We we only have about 16 fellows per cohort um, because we really believe in that high touch, high impact model. And for for five months, sharing that that time together in a small group, we really see is also what drives that 
authentic relationship building, sure. trust mm-hmm. on that camaraderie differently, right? It's and, yeah. and no one has ranks at dog tag. There's no no one enlisted at an officer or spouse or caregiver. It's really, you know, Tracy and Megan. And <laughs> that's kind of the beauty of it, right? We we we, yeah. we acknowledge it, we respect it, we honor it, but we also know there's more, right? And right. we want there's hope for the future. And what does that future look like? Um so if you go on the website, you can, again, click there. Um, we have a lot of, like I said, um, we just accepted this with class coming in in January, which we're thrilled about, and the application for the July program. Um, so we run every January and every July. Okay. That application is opening up in the next month. So in the January timeframe, we'll open up applications and, um, you know, come to an information session if you want to learn more, if you know someone that might be interested you know, uh, we have a lot of spouses that show up to actually say, like, I think my partner would want this. And sometimes they end up going through it. We have quite a few couples that have actually graduated, separate cohort, but um, uh-huh. graduated as well. So we would, um, and if you have any questions, you can always email us at info at dogtagging.org. And that always gets filtered directly to our programs team. So um, we're happy to always, you know, talk to anybody, um, email with anybody just to make sure they have all the information to know um, if it's a good fit or not. So, yeah, that's great. That's great. Wonderful stuff, Megan. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all that you've shared. Uh, this is really great information and sounds like you're doing wonderful work and you've definitely found your why. And uh, yeah, all good stuff. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Coming from you and Sherry, it's a, like I said, I really look up to you guys in so many ways and what you're doing and the you know economic impact that you're having. And it's really beautiful and phenomenal. Oh, thank and so, you. Anyway, we can support and promote the work that you're doing. We'd be honored to do it. So thank you again sure. for, for today and allowing us to have this platform. Oh, hey, happy to do it. And just let us know how we can better support you as well. Love to help out. Absolutely. Okay. Well, take care, Megan. It was great to speak with you. Thank you, Tracy. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, everybody out there, listeners, viewers. Thank you so much for tuning into this exciting episode of Tactical Treasures. We have been speaking to Megan Ogilvie. She comes from a very strong military family with both her father and sister having served in the United States Marine Corps. Um, she is currently the CEO at Dog Tag Inc., a 501c3 that empowers service-disabled veterans, military spouses, and caregivers through an innovative five-month fellowship program program. Really exciting stuff that we've been hearing about during this podcast. Uh, They do this program in January and July, and you can check it out on their website, dogtaginc.org, or email them at info at dogtaginc.org. On the website, you can find information about donating. Um, A lot of this program is run through their fundraisers, um, and they also raise money just by buying their baked goods. So check out the online store bakery. Or if you're in Washington, D.C., why don't you go on right in and and uh, try out their uh, baked goods? I understand that they're really awesome. Um, you can also find information on the fellowship program and fill out an application. And um, yeah, I think it's really great. So check it out. Thanks for listening.